0: Hope, Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, we will be chatting with Meredith Alexander about her and her daughter's TBI journey. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic Staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines, they are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They've greatly helped me and many others. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer. And you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who don't know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. And I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey Moving Forward After Brain Injury, which you can find on Amazon. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eni Zelmer. Today, my guest is Meredith Alexander. And on February 19th, 2016, a group of tourists were frolicking in the waters of Columbia, South America. The merriment was interrupted when a boulder came crashing down on top of them. All but one made it to safety and her name is Skylar. Our guest today is her mother, best-selling author, and international motivational speaker, Meredith Alexander. Meredith's book, The Sky is the Limit, hit the number one release in the motivational category on Amazon the night that it launched. Meredith and Skylar's story has impacted thousands upon thousands and has established Meredith as an expert in the power of a deliberately positive mindset. Today, Meredith and Skylar continue to spread their message of hope and empowerment by showing others that how we view our circumstances truly impacts how we experience every aspect of our life. So welcome to the podcast, Meredith. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and hello to
1: all of your wonderful listeners
0: out there. So I am so excited to have you here today, um, I'm, you know, I know our listeners will be so interested to hear Skylar's story and your guys' journey and just the whole positive mindset. Um, And I really do believe that our mindset really sets the path for where we go in life. So... Uh, so Absolutely. Meredith, I would love to have you just start it by, you know, we got a little, little snippet of your daughter's story, but why don't you give us a little more of her story and the background um, and, you know, kind of what happened and how she's doing now? Sure, fantastic. So, uh,
1: Skylar has always been a dynamo. Literally, by the time she graduated Yale, uh, and by age 22, she had traveled all over the world. And I mean, you know, Nepal, uh, Tanzania, Croatia. Uh, she loved her. She loved traveling. She loved people. She loved life. And she was really um, her out. Her outlook was probably well her middle name is is sachi which means happiness in japanese so she was like the epitome of that so when she graduated she got a fellowship to go to south america and help build schools and work with the indigenous population to really study potentially forms of social enterprise and all of a sudden, out of the blue, on one Friday, I got this call that she and her friend had been on a white water rafting excursion, and they'd made it through the dangerous part, quote unquote. But yes. when the group had, I know, right? So the group had stopped at a grotto to really relax and play and jump off this little ledge into the water. And because they were going to be swimming the the helmets came off right so just as they were about ready to leave apparently one of the guides went up to take a photo and somehow a boulder came loose and came crashing down on Skylar and not only split open her head but you know um, fractured her spine snapped her thigh pulverized her her ankle crushed her lungs etc etc I mean her at first they they really thought she was dead when she came floating up in the water. But they managed to pull her up onto the raft and then get her to the side of the river, get her up an incline, get her into the back of their van. It was 40 minutes over dirt road to get her to a place where an ambulance could probably finally pick her up. And then 20 more minutes to this little tiny, tiny regional hospital In Socorro, Colombia and anyone who knows anything about the Colombian hospital system knows that the regional hospitals virtually never even have an ICU much less someone who would be trained in neurosurgery and yet that's really where the miracles kind of started in our story is that not only did this particular regional hospital have an ICU but the lead professor of neurosurgery from the University of Bogota had retired there. And so Skylar had access to some level of medical care. Um, But when I got the call, um, they were telling me that, you know, unfortunately her, any one of the injuries of about four injuries had, um, people rarely survived. They were surprised she even made it to the hospital. And so what they were going to try to do was to keep her alive long enough for me to fly down to Columbia from Florida and basically try to say my my final goodbyes. So as, as you well know and well can imagine, um, you know, when this happens, this, my first instinct was to absolutely crumble, I mean, emotionally. And I was really like a perfect storm of all the negative emotions that you can possibly imagine. But, again, the beauty of the process here is that had this been something where it happened in Tampa and I just hopped in the car, the whirlwind probably would have continued. But for me, I've had decades of experience and immersion in mind and the power of deliberate positivity. And so as I was up at, you know, 30,000 feet in this plane with my other daughter flying there, I really had to ask myself some really powerful and important questions. And one of the big ones was, um, what was I going to make my daughter's life mean? Was I going Culminate in her living her life so that I could complete the rest of my life saying I've been the mother of a child who was killed by the boulder. And that, to me, would be truly losing her because she was about love and life and happiness. And if I wanted to keep that essence, her memories, which could never be taken away from me, I had to hold on to that vision and I had to find what I call that greatness within myself, that grit, that positivity. I had to find that. And that was the only power that I came to believe that I had. And that was probably the worst negative emotion that I felt was the feeling that I was powerless. And the, I, I, I came to a place in that plane knowing that either some of these laws that I had studied were either true or they were not true. And I was either going to invest in them or all of that was going to be bogus. And I decided that I had to invest in them. I may not be able to control this outer game, but I sure as heck could control my inner game. So when I arrived at that hospital hours later in Colombia, I i had talked myself to from despair to hope from hope to slight belief from slight belief all the way to expectation that whatever would happen would be fine whatever that meant and that i had to trust this process and i had to and, and trusting the process meant that all of these terrible, painful things that had ever happened in my life or ha- they were for a purpose and they alone crafted me into to be the perfect person to be the mother of Skylar. And so it was, it was crazy, Amy. I mean, I got there actually, I, I mean, it sounds really weird, but I was smiling. I was embracing, I was comforting the guides who had been devastated and felt that it was their Kind of had been their their fault, um, and and miracle upon miracle upon miracle to the point where I was kind of saying to people that um, I would have been more surprised if we didn't see the miracles than if we did, and it, it got we were able to fly Skylar from Co- Columbia to Jackson Memorial in Miami, one of the best neurosurgery trauma centers in the world. And even the doctors there went from really looking at us with um, kind of pity to calling us the miracle family, not just because of what they were seeing physically, but, but the mindset. And I had always... Kind of felt well I, again, I'd studied mindset for, for decades and I, and I considered myself a positive person. But the gift in this experience for us is the really profound understanding of just how genuinely powerful that can be
0: yeah absolutely and you know just like you said you you originally went into it like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this and you know what's gonna right. happen and then you shifted your mindset on the airplane and right. you know it it you know it it is it's so powerful, and um you know the 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 power of positivity is definitely something that I had been into for many years before my own accident and, you know, the law of attraction and manifesting. And I I remember the moment that I fell, I remember like in the days afterwards, I'm like, okay, hello universe. Why did I fall? <laughs> you know, what's the reason right. I'm feeling like this? Right. And I knew there was a reason, but I was way too injured to, to fully grasp it until, you know, about a year out when it all kind of clicked into place. Right. And I and, you know, that's why we're here today Mm -hmm. talking. Um, Right. You know, at least you were in a space where you could hold that positivity for her as well.
1: It was really, really interesting. Um, And 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 it was I mean, it was when I say it was interesting to me, too, because it's not something that I with all the studying that I did, I didn't know whether it was in me and I think that's something that people say um, I want to be resilient well it's not like you you wake up one day and something quote-unquote terrible happens to you and you're like okay I'm going to learn how to be resilient I'm going to decide to be resilient I think it's something that ironically enough it's the beauty of of our stories these experiences we come here and we live these stories and it's our stories and and our experiences and what we make them mean and how we how we express ourselves through them that we develop a greatness that allows us to have that resilience because people said to me what was really fascinating is people said you know all of your positivity and looking on the bright side is really great, but you need to take time to grieve because you're going to, at some point you're going to break. And what was interesting is that I genuinely realized and and said back to them, you know, if, if, If I was true, first of all, I'm not really looking on the bright side here because to look on the bright side, going back to the law of attraction, is to acknowledge this huge presence of this formidable dark side, right? Right. And I had found a place genuinely of such what I call such knowing in that form of expectation and calm knowing that it truly began to feel to me like there was no sense of urgency, like life had it, had our backs. And to those who were watching, the neurosurgeons included, um, it looked like life had to conform to my crazy, frickin' relaxed and positive realism vision. And so that was amazing to me. And fortunately, I was able to... um, because Skylar had so many friends around the world, I was immediately inundated. And of course, being in Colombia, there was very little ability to plug the phone in and keep it charged, much less find Wi-Fi or anything that we could, you know, communicate with. So um, we had a host family there at More Angels. And um, so I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to let everybody know what's going on. I will let people know through Skylar's Facebook page. And we are immediately inundated with all these friend requests. I thought, whoa, that's not going to work because when she gets well, um, there will be no – it will be all cannibalized. So we got together and we launched a page called Sky is the Limit, spelled like her name, S-C-H-U-Y. And I started writing there and at first being really nervous because I thought people are going to think it's really potentially inappropriate and delusional and weird for Skyler's mom, me, to be so positive. And yet the law of attraction and and positive realization and the law of attracting the right action um, is I had to, in a way, protect the energy that people's vision of Skylar had to be only of Skylar at her healthiest, most powerful and best, because that's then what she would return to if they saw her as broken and changed and disempowered. That is where she would, she would fall. And so before I knew it, we had thousands of people starting to follow us and saying, I may not have a physical boulder, but I have my own boulder that, that I have been hit with and that this has helped to lift me up. And um, it it just it became this miraculous, what I call global family of deliberate positivity. And um, so ultimately, you know, four months later, the doctors, uh, much to their surprise, I mean, they literally said that that if she wasn't the most complicated case, um, she was in one of the top three that they'd ever seen. And they kept pulling me, like, into the nurse's station to show me these, like, CAT scans and say, look at, look at this dark area. And, of course, I didn't know what I was looking at, but they were going, this, what you're looking at is textbook impossible Hippocrates, two thousand years ago made a statement that is that is true tends to hold true today, and that 's if you can see the patient 's brain they don 't survive and yet she's she 's out there and she 's vibrant and and you know your mindset and it 's incredible, so we came back to to Tampa, and you know as you know the transition um, she was released from rehab <laughs> far before i felt that she could have been but the insurance coverage had ended and we began the the journey into the understanding that this wasn't going to be something that was going to pass in a few months so um it you know the the other ramifications of the boulder, that hit to you know my business as I became a 24/7 caregiver for her, um, and Skylar having to learn everything. Um, we're about two and a half years, on, you know, going on three years after the the boulder, and um, you know, the, even though, I, ironically enough, I mean cognitively she still seems to be fine and yet one of the places that the boulder struck really impacted her balance so even though physically she's strong she has no sense of balance when she stands up yet it's little 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 tiny bits of improvement um and so and yet um, we were she, we were being interviewed, and the journalist asked Skylar, "So, what does your normal day look like now?" And Sky said, um, "Well, my mom and I have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot, and we were are just very happy. And it wasn't at all, <laughs> you know. And and I think that comes from uh, really taking a hard look at our own lives and saying." Um, Balancing the expectations with the potential gifts in the moment, and is our happiness defined by our circumstances? Absolutely, and I'm sure you've, you've, yeah, I'm sure that you've experienced that yourself, right? Because we're, I think, before something like this happens there's a temptation to feel that the we have to our pursuit is establishing conditions in our lives that are going to be conducive to to happiness to success whatever however we define that we work we focus a lot of our energy on trying to put our ducks in a row right and then all of a sudden there are no ducks at all it's it's you know, something entirely different. And we have to then decide, and I think that's where our inner narrative comes in. We have to decide, can we be happy if, if all of a sudden we're no longer in a world of ducks? We're in a world of something different. Can we find the joy? You know, right.
0: And, so you know, I think that's the thing I see people struggle with the most after their brain injury is, you know, they're not the same person they were and they might not have a cheerleader like you helping them and which which unfortunately most do not have a cheerleader like you and you know they, right. they, they say things like this sucks I'm never going to get better this you know I mean just all these negative things and when you are saying those things you're never going to get better right like right you have Shift Even if you don't believe it in the beginning, you have to shift your words and say, you know what? Right. Uh, This is going to get better. I'm going to beat this. You know, um, I'm going to be awesome just like I am. And that's when I had a profound turnaround in my own recovery. I finally woke up one day and said, all right, Amy, this might be the best you're going to get. Deal with it. You know, make the most of it. And that's when I actually started getting better. Um, and yep. you know, it's, it's, it's really profound to look back at that and know that that was kind of my turning point, my recovery. Um, and it's, it is, it's all about the, the, you know, there's something about negativity is like 10 times more addictive than positivity. That's why people love right. drama and gossip. And, um, so it is, it's hard to shift into the positive. Well, but once you do, well, it's that so
1: powerful. powerful. Yes. 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 And that's where we, that's where, you know, we play a lot. Actually, when I got back to Tampa, I realized that there was um, that sort of void. And because, I mean, I'd seen that in Miami and I really um, helped, you know, one of my things was even kind of comforting some of the nurses in the ICU where it's really intense for them. But, um, but, so that people don't feel alone so that people do have like a cheerleader. So actually one of the first things I did when I got back to Tampa and started getting involved with Tampa general was created a little kind of like hints and links because people would, we would be talking to other families and, and they saw that we, you know, for example, we were able to fundraise well. And when this happens, you don't know anything oh you don't know mindset you don't, and then you're taking them home. So we established, we put together a little um, like, it's like a little book, little document sort of thing that we've given to some of the brain injury groups around the country just kind of given to them. A, and we've started um, actually a community exactly for that reason because um, people tend to sometimes poo-poo the whole mindset aspect. But, again, it's it's, yes. <laughs> it's it's the words and the stories we tell, like even saying it's hard to do something, that's a story that's going to self-perpetuate if, when you start learning about mindset there's something called the reticular activation system which is a part of your brain that literally gauges you know kind of controls and directs your subconscious based on the repetition and the focus that you give it so when you say something is hard it doesn't make a judgment call it just wants to validate how right you are yeah so (laughs) so it's choosing your stories and words uh, you know so it's so we've really tried to Participate in helping um, and and launching, and we're we're actually exploring launching it on a bigger scale, so that it's so that we can connect with, you know, some of the people. When I go, I'm speaking at the Women's Empowerment Expo in Fort Lauderdale, and when we go there, we're going to be getting together with you know, TBI families and in Miami and really helping them. So we're trying to turn that into something that could be done over the web and really teach people and help people and, and just be there for people or give them resources. I mean, there are things like trust funds and how do you balance that if you're collecting Social Security, all that kind of stuff. That yeah. is just overwhelming if you're by yourself. So um, I think what you're doing is amazing, getting, getting information out there. And I think, I think that's probably one of the most important things is that we feel like we're very alone, but we don't have to be. We don't have to be alone when we tackle this, even though we've never been trained. We, the, the, the trick is knowing how to be part of a community and how to ask for help because we've never been in the situation before we don't even know half the time when we're the the family we don't even know people want to help us and we don't know what to ask for Yes, we don't know how to you know yes. right so that's one of the things that like in this little pamphlet which I'd be happy to share with your listeners if if they want to email me I'm happy to share it anyone I mean if this is I'm more than happy but it seems like you know when when Skylar came home from inpatient rehab it was me by myself and I was terrified and little things that had i known to have like you know they can be anything from you know multiple multiple sets of bed sheets to this to that you know all or you know when people want to help to donate uh, there's there um you know there's certain there's a, certain websites that you can actually Um, set up so that you can you can have people donate bed pads or wheelchairs or whatever you know who knew right Um, Mm -hmm. so there's just all different sorts of resources and brain food and all this kind of stuff um, that I did a lot of research on and I was shocked you know and how to put together a Greek fundraiser thing I was shocked that people these other families didn't know how to do it. And it's just such a feeling of overwhelm. And I thought, you know, we've been gifted with this great blessing of, you know, Skylar, we don't know how far she'll be able to progress. And, and we, and yet we, it, it, it has to become irrelevant. It's like our life is great. And, and it's great now. So we can't wait to see what's next. And yeah, you know, the circumstances can't, can't dictate that. For me, either my life, you know, my life is very different than a lot of people in my stage of life. Great, I love my life, and it just gets better every. And the more I get to contribute to other people, and the more that I get out there, the the better it gets. You know, mm-hmm. it's, life doesn't have to look now exactly what I thought it would look like five years ago. For, you
0: know when I was envisioning it,
1: right, That's even and-
0: better. You know, that's me. I I was I was a photographer. I had a studio. I was doing great, and I fell. And you know, I I I'm a single person, right? So I didn't I didn't have anyone to support me financially, physically, mentally. You know, any any of those capacities. Right. And you don't you don't know where to turn. You don't know what to look for. I mean, I had no idea until I wrote my first piece on HuffPost. I felt like I was the only person in the world with a brain injury. I had never met someone with a brain injury or, you know, at least not to my knowledge. Um, Right. And, you know, and then all of a sudden these people reached out to me and it was like, Oh wow. There's like a huge community of us, you know, like, I mean, I was that far into my recovery and I knew nothing. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because I want to try and get resources into people's hands sooner. And you yes. know, kind of like you exactly, know, you're the same way, you know. And um, I, I love what I do. And you to, know,
1: yes. And to and to the the medical staff were so sweet and wonderful with medical input, and yet it was a deer in the headlights look when I would <laughs> ask them, or other families would ask them about you know fundraising or. Uh, it was just anything pretty much anything you know um out that involved the actual caregiving process other than you know um it's amazing how positive you are well great, but how help how you know and um so it's so it's it's to educate them as well um you know one of the coolest things was to have the opportunity to um you know to actually do like the, get put together this thing for what initially it was for the Tampa General um, staff of you know helpful hints and links for for TBI patients and then to do I did like a, a video to go with it and um, and to have them go Wow I never knew that i never dreamed that or yes come back to me saying guess what someone talked to us about brain food and it was all the ingredients that you have in skylar's smoothie you know it was like yes 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 please and learn this so that's the beautiful thing is is we don't no matter what our boulders are right with our group it's it's the traumatic brain injury but they're boulders that hit just as hard and injuries that people don't even acknowledge and that are not visible and and it's that that thread of community and positivity that i think can overcome anything and everything and can help us and i feel i kind of look at us the survivors of these traumatic injuries as potential beacons of light and hope and and optimism for all the rest of the world whose maybe injuries and, and damaging events haven't been as obvious as ours have and yet we found our way through and we proved that we can be we can be beacons of believing in the uh, transforming the impossible to the i'm possible and one of my biggest mottos is that when people talk to me about the boulder i say that um, Ironically enough, this boulder did, did not, by any means, come into our life to teach us how to face death. It came into our lives to powerfully teach us to how to choose to live,
0: and that yeah. is what we
1: live by every day.
0: That's powerful, yeah. Meredith. It has been such a pleasure to have you on today and hear your story and we are just about out of time, but I want to make sure we hit on all the areas that you had wanted to touch on.
1: Yes. You know, I think uh, to kind of I, I guess wrap things up for anybody who's listening and anyone who, who feels alone is, or, you know, again, feel free to to reach out if you'd like that little you know, that little link thing, but, but most of all, to remember that you are not, you are not alone. And this is not, I, it may feel like it is right now, but this has the potential not to be the worst part of your story. There are, there are hidden gems in the most crushing, and it's not in spite of these, boulders that we will succeed and will overcome it's thanks to these that we ultimately discover like you have how high we are capable of soaring
0: mm, absolutely well Meredith, thank you so much for being here and i do have the link to your book um in the show notes um so the sky oh, is the you. limit i have the amazon link and just thank you so much for being here and sharing yours and skylar's story Thank
1: you so much, Amy, and thanks to all the listeners for being those beacons of light
0: out there for all of us. Mm, I love that, beacons of light. Well, thank you all for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Meredith Alexander, and just a reminder that you can find all previous podcasts. Um, at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And another big thank you to our sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology Center. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And they are the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest for comprehensive brain rehabilitation. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. I will see you guys all again next time and have a great day.